Welcome to Game Life Balance US, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. We're a lifestyle podcast hosted by adult gamers trying to juggle our hobbies with the increasing demands of the real world. Join us each week to catch up on what we've been up to lately, whether it's saving the world from space aliens or learning how to change a diaper. Check out our website for links to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and more at GameLifeBalance.us. I'm Kier from In Defense Of, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Here we go! Hello, viewer slash listener. I am Cody Goff, and this is Jonathan Martin, and this is episode one of Game Life Balance US. How does that feel, John? It feels episode about... Episode one. Considering that I'm sitting across from you, well, not really across from you, like across from you in the uh, in the figurative sense of the word, not in the literal... Well, no, I suppose it would now be, it would now be in the literal sense of the word, Um it feels about the same as it did for the past like 130-ish times that we've done this before, just under a different name. It's true. It's true. So, first off, listener, thanks for joining us, or, or viewer, because we put this on YouTube, too, but chances are you're just listening to it, because you're not going to, like, you're not going to watch, there's nothing interesting about the video on YouTube to watch visually, it's just our faces. I mean, we discussed how good my face is, though. Our faces are fine, but, I mean, even if you're listening to us on youtube it's not like you you have that tab open or you're looking at us you're probably playing hearthstone or some other video game or browsing the internet or something so what do kids do nowadays uh go on snapchat you're probably going on snapchat you're probably on snapchat or minecrafting or um digging it that's are they maybe they're stumbling upon it. something's rad Rad, totally cool. Yeah, yeah totally so cool. So that's what's going on. Um, but anyway, so you're listening to us. So if this is your first time listening, thanks and welcome. Jonathan and I have recorded 137 or 100, 127 because it's a prime number, right? Yep. We recorded 127 episodes of the Unqualified Gamers podcast. We did that from 2012 to the end of 2015. So, so just four years of us putting up with each other. And the original shtick was, like, we're just two guys that play video games, right? There's nothing. We're not pros. We're not journalists, as it were. We're just two dudes that like playing video games. And then time went on, and we grew up accidentally, kind of, sort of. Well, John got married and had a kid, so that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, you moved from one apartment to, like, two other apartments in Chicago. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I... Actually, I've not really done a whole lot um, in in regards of major life milestones. I've attended many weddings, but as we've grown, we've realized that, like many gamers, we are having some issues striking a balance between video games and real life and hobbies and work versus play, etc., etc., hence the premise for this podcast. And so here we are, and we're going to talk not just about video games and do video game reviews. You, you probably wouldn't even consider this a video game podcast. 
more of a lifestyle podcast where we just happen to be gamers and we will occasionally delve into talking about video games. That said, of course, it's the most appropriate first episode ever to just talk about our favorite games of 2015, which we'll be doing shortly. But I wanted to give you some kind of introduction to us. If you do see me on YouTube, I apologize that my hair is just out of control. It's so long right now. My girlfriend really likes it long, and I've tried telling her that I there's I it's my stylist is on maternity leave, so I've been just seeing random. So this is a moment of crisis for you. Yes, I've been seeing random hair cutters for two months, and I don't know what to do with myself. Would it wig you out? to know that I have never had, like, a... Uh, well, I'm, I should say, since I've been, like, an adult, I've never had, like, a singular barber. Like, I've never had, like, this is the person that... This is the only person that can cut my hair because they're the only person that does it right. I've <laughs> never had that. In fact, if I could, if I if I was not lazy... I would make the investment into get those, into getting clippers, and I would honestly just have my wife cut my hair because it it literally gets cut the same way every time. It it is you cannot mess it up because it's just taking two different lengths of clippers to my hair. So I've never had the same the same stylist. I paid for one one time. They gave me literally the same haircut I always get, and it cost me like fifty dollars compared to the normal fourteen that it normally costs me. So. I do more things with my hair than you do. It never looks better than mine. It always looks better than yours. It looks at least twice as expensive as yours. I can't argue with that. There you go. And I had never had one either, but I got a really good cut a few years ago. And I was like, you know what? I guess I'll just go back because I always went to the same salon. And she just ended up... I mean, it's not like I signed a contract or anything or uh, figured this out ahead of time. It just kind of happened. Anyway, so apologies for my hair. Uh, the reason I mentioned that, listeners, because if this is your first time, I should, I should introduce ourselves. So I'm Cody Goth, and this is Jonathan Martin. We've known each other for, God, so long, so many years. It's like 23 years. It literally is 23. It is. It's 23 <laughs> like, years. It's kind of ridiculous. We got really into gaming because we were really good friends in second grade, and we got Final Fantasy 2 around the same time, Final Fantasy 4 in Japan, but on Super Nintendo to us, it was Final Fantasy 2, and we'd play it all the time and talk about it at lunch every day, and all the time, and basically constantly, and we were really, really into that game. And yeah, but that, that just kind of snowballed into every other video game, and every other type of video game. Yeah, John, got, you got a multi-tap for the Super Nintendo, is that what it's called? I might have had one at some point. I don't you even to- remember if you I totally did because we used to play Bomberman with. Oh, that was we did. That was really good. <laughs> yes. So I'd go over to John's. We play Bomberman. So we go like way back in the Super Nintendo era. Of course, we both also had a Nintendo Entertainment System. I never had a Sega. Did you? Yes. You had. Yeah, I thought you had a Sega. I never did the Sega thing. I, I did. Until, it was awesome. Until Dreamcast. I did get a Dreamcast. So I, I don't know much about Dreamcast. Basically, I killed Sega. Sorry. Sega was awesome. Yeah. And then I never played PC games, really. I mean, I, I played work, we played Warcraft 2 growing up, and I played StarCraft, and that was about it. I didn't really do the PC gaming thing until we started our podcast in 2012 with Unqualified Gamers. That month, I downloaded Steam for the first time, and that has turned into me replacing many of my video game consoles with Steam. I... We'll talk about it later in the podcast, but I spent most of last year playing Metal Gear Solid Five on my PC instead of buying it for a console. So 
That's... And it's interesting you say that because if you go, listener, to uh, the our, our previous podcast, as Cody had said, it was called Unqualified Gamers. If you listen to the very last episode of that, you will also hear me talk about basically transitioning my entire video gaming habits into PC gaming. So it feels like the winds are moving that way from when we were kids. I also, as Cody said, he didn't play PC games really. I also didn't play PC games at all. So it was... I didn't really start doing that until later on in high school. And even then, I was still kind of always a console gamer. Uh, So, yeah, it's kind of a different world for us now than it was when we first started. Yeah, and you can find all of our old episodes. Every episode of Unqualified Gamers is on our website at GameLifeBalance.us. So just go to GameLifeBalance.us and you can listen to all 127 episodes. Over 100 hours of just John and me talking. And it's also on our YouTube channel. So, so uh, tell me why people should care that you're here. Because like, I'm awesome. Who are you? See, well, really, yeah. That's yeah. You're awesome. I was gonna get into that. You're getting better at this. We're getting more on the same page. We're getting better at knowing what each other's gonna do and say. I don't don't have a book to read. No pages. Um, I don't I don't know how to respond to that. Um, I gave you I gave you the perfect lead. Was it the perfect it. lead? Is that it was what the, it was? It was the perfect. So our podcast is is in this will transition to who I am. Our podcast is syndicated on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com. and we've got there's lots of cool podcasts there. You'll hear more about that later in the series. But we're also syndicated on WGN Plus, and that's the digital podcast network of WGN Radio in Chicago, seven twenty WGN. AM and I've been a producer there for since 2007 so uh, no 2008 so seven to eight years I've been there I've been there a while and I studied radio in college so John and I went to all of the schools together from elementary school through high school and then he went to well yeah you went to a community college for a semester and then you transferred to Drake yeah so we went through college together too yes so we're proud Drake Bulldogs so yeah 16 years of dealing with each other it's a long time and and I'll well I'll let you talk about what you studied but I studied radio production um and I've been producing at WGN for eight years I, I have other jobs I do during the day and lots of other interests but that's what I I'm a I'm a broadcaster um and uh, the reason that's relevant and why you should care, listener, is because, A, I edit things, so our podcast should sound kind of decent sometimes when our microphones work, which is rare. Um, and two, I have lots of interests that I'm juggling all the time anyway, and now a girlfriend that I uh, pretty much cohabitate with. So there is a, a lot of time management that I have to deal with in my life, and I think that that'll play pretty well into our new theme for our, our little podcast. Um, and... I, I've identified it as a gamer for a long time and a podcaster. John has a more wide variety of interests and personal experiences, which I'll let you talk about now. So I would I would describe myself as I am a hip old granny uh, who could hip-hop, bebop, dance till you drop, and yo-yo make a wicked cup of cocoa. Could you hip-hip, hop-hop, don't-don't-stop-stop? Stop? I I can't do any of i can't actually do any of those things and any of the things i just said earlier i can't do either um yeah i I will say that uh before i start talking about me um two things one we have 100 episodes until our our equipment starts to break because now that we're at episode one again equipment doesn't start to break until episode 100 of a podcast that's just the way it works so we're good for a while um two uh if we had to split this 
like this podcast into halves. Um, I'm like three quarters of the talent, and then um, you're like a tenth of the talent, and then I make up the remainder of the remaining talent that's not that I didn't account for there. <laughs> so um, you'll get to you'll probably if you're new. To listening to us, listener, you'll probably catch on to that real quick. Is that how that works? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so Cody does do all the editing, and it's pretty awesome, because I kind of just get to show up most of the time, which actually works out pretty well for me. Uh, I do constantly ask him if there's stuff I can do and things that I can do to make his life easier. And generally, he doesn't give those to me. So mm, constantly. I think he just... Mm-hmm. About every 15 minutes, I send him a text. And if, it's not, if that's not constant, I don't know what is. He gets a little upset in the middle of the night. I would um, like 10. 10 minutes would be good, honestly. So I, uh, he already set up our entire childhoods. Mine was basically the same. Uh, I went to college. And then after, after, after Drake, uh, he went on and got a real person job. And I decided that I wanted to incur like $200,000 more worth of debt. And I decided that I was going to go to pharmacy school, which I did. Um, and so I finished that. So I went eight years of graduate education, did pharmacy school. I am now a pharmacist. I was a pharmacist immediately out of school. And that's basically all I've, all I've been outside of school. Um, not related to working though. And I would say far more importantly is that I am both a father and a husband as well. So, um, I've been married for, for four years now. Um, just a little over four years, and I've been a father for almost two. Uh, and those have easily been like the coolest things that have happened, I can definitely say, in my life so far. So I'm kind of, I've been learning how to juggle that. Uh, it was actually still super easy to play video games before my son could walk. Uh, because he, you know, couldn't move anywhere. And he could generally be entertained, <laughs> like, on the ground, in one area, with a toy or two. Um, and he slept a lot back then. He he took, like, two two-hour naps a day, maybe, like, a two- and a three-hour nap. It was sweet. Uh, and then he started to walk. And then life, like, really changed. Because I now had this thing in my life that literally was trying to kill itself constantly i mean that was it seemed like uh, my son's name is max and it seemed like max's sole goal in life was to find something that was going to hurt him and so uh from that point on and it's been that way for about a year he started walking at nine months and he's he's now uh 20 21 months 20 20 and a half months if you're a parent you'll understand that if you're not a parent you're like he's almost two right and i'd say yeah he's he's almost two um but ever since he started walking at nine months, it's been kind of like the craziest wild ride adventure. Um, and he, my son is now at an age where like he's super communicative, super interactive. And so it's been really, really fun being a dad. Unfortunately, like the amount of time that I have to play video games has decreased dramatically. And so a lot of the games that I did get to play um, and a lot of the types of games that I, I used to play, I just don't get to play anymore. And that's why, that's why, you know, there's, I'm excited that we're that we're doing this podcast now because if you listen to the last the last batch of episodes of our podcast, you could tell that like we were stretching to make it a video game podcast. It was just not something that we were doing very well uh, because we just didn't play games anymore. So at least not with the frequency that we had before. So now we've got this podcast where 
there might be some weeks where you don't have to listen to us talk about video games, and that's going to be totally cool, because we'll probably have some other really interesting stuff to talk about. I'll have some interesting things to talk about. I don't know what you're going to talk about. Nothing interesting, to be sure. Sh- sure. And so, like Cody said, we figured the best way to, to um, talk about this more casual gaming podcast and introduce this casual gaming podcast is to talk about the best video games we played from last year and only talk about those video games for the rest of this podcast, right? <laughs> sure, pretty much. That's what we're going to do. We're basically recording another episode of Unqualified Gamers for the first episode of this podcast. Well, kind of, but I think that the lack of abund- the lack of quantity of games, the low quantity of games that we played will inform the listener kind of cuz like you said, we it's not that we didn't play games, it's that it took us longer to play games or that we had yeah. to play different types of games. I actually posted on GameLifeBalance.us a blog post of all the games that we played and reviewed in 2015, and my list is 12, and yours is and, 15. And your and your list has some like not big games on there. There were there are games on here that I played for an hour. Right. So yeah. So it, it, but again, but but then there's also Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, which I played for 130 hours. Isn't that what I told you earlier today? I think you said 158. Actually, it was 158 really? Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if it was 128 or 158. Wow, that's 158. So yeah. So but that started September 15th. So that's over three and a half, four months. Uh, so that's probably the only game you've been playing then. Really. Uh, lately, I mean, unless you count things like Hearthstone, which I'm not going to, we can't put on the list because we played it in 2014. To be clear, this is the list of, the other thing is, the other reason Unqualified Gamers didn't really work as a video game review podcast is because John and I don't have money to buy every new AAA title and play it and review it the, the week it comes out. So, like, yeah, we can afford a new game if it comes out, obviously, but to do that on a weekly basis is insane and have enough time to actually play it long enough to, to review it. I mean, yeah, listeners, listeners weren't coming to Unqualified Gamers for the, for the latest hits, for right. the, uh, yeah, for like the, the hot takes on the new, on what was new. Like, that's just not, because those weren't the games we were playing. We were waiting for games to go on sale on Steam for 15 bucks and picking them up, which, you know, they'd be eight months old to three years old and that would be our first experience with them right yeah yeah it's it's and it's like if if you want a triple a title review you'll probably go to ign or GameSpot or any of a myriad of other places metacritic anywhere basically you that that's where you get the big blockbuster stuff and that's where you get big interviews with hideo kojima and shigeru miyamoto and i butchered that miyamoto and other big time you you just named the only two game developers that you know jonathan blow (laughs) all right Right. So that's why we don't book big AAA guests, but we do book guests and we will have some guests on the show because I want to I want this podcast to explore some things like in our last episode of Unqualified Gamers, John's wife came on and ripped him a new one for selling all of his physical video games. And that became a discussion on collecting things and collecting games. I've got some friends that collect things and I have some friends that binge watch things and and other people that we'll bring on to the show to talk about like achieving a game life balance not to keep using the name of our podcast and to be clear this is game life balance us we were given permission to use the game life balance name by the original uh owners of game life balance who were two gentlemen in australia who are extremely friendly and awesome 
and you'll find links in our YouTube video and in our podcast to the Australian version of the Game Life Balance podcast. So that is the original that rules, but we like the name so much and we talked and they're super friendly and awesome. So we are now Game Life Balance US and everybody's happy. But um, so yes, Game Life Balance US, we'll talk about all this stuff and hopefully do a collaboration with them soon. So lots of exciting things coming up. Very, very much vague promises. Many vague promises for 2016. That's my resolution, John. I feel like I kind of feel like a politician then. Vague politician. Vague promises. Yeah, vague promises. Depends on the politician. But don't worry, I'll deliver in my uh, in my first my first office chair seat run office seat run. You don't even know what you're saying anymore, do you? I only know pharmacy stuff anymore i my i words you're good at it though i also like how you said that that i went off and got a you said big boy or like quote-unquote real job or something like that and you, you went, did, did you did didn't you sell kitchen appliances yeah no I, I i my day job right now is social media marketing i spend all day on linkedin and you're a pharmacist i think you have the real job I'm not going to argue with you. Okay, good. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, like, I can't get yelled at for having Facebook open at work because that's my job. And you also just moved into a new house. Yeah, I did. Since our, since Unqualified Gamers, right? Because we took a month off. So Yeah, I mean, that is... was one of the main reasons why we, I think, took a month off. Was <laughs> right. Because it was going to be a little difficult for me to find time to record. Although I did record... I did record that last episode from like a transitional house. Okay, so, I couldn't remember. But you, so you just moved into a new house. I see it in the background on your video. I think that's yep. really exciting and fantastic. And home owning will be a thing now that we can also. So lots of things that you can incorporate from the adult world of yeah. married with a kid and having a real house and job. And then lots of random crap for me who does things like still spends money going out to bars on New Year's Eve. Don't know why. I, I think some people still do that though that are that are I certainly don't not as not as a parent anymore. Uh I think I was home by 5 and my pajamas were on at 6. But I did get to see the ball drop. Which station did you watch it drop on? Um so I don't have cable and so I only get uh an antenna feed and our antenna is is not strong enough to get all of the stations in our area. Please say Fox y- News. Yet we're going to have to we're going to have to get a, a like an actual antenna on top of the house. Please say Fox News. Have you heard of the hip-hop uh, artist, possibly Grammy Award-winning Pitbull? No. I watched the ball drop with Pitbull in, uh, in Miami. Pitbull knows how to party. <laughs> he, that is a gentleman. He knows how to throw a soiree. He's a gentleman now. That gentleman knows how to throw a soiree. So wow. we we jammed with Pitbull uh, and played board games. That was my New Year's Eve. What board games? I played, let's see, that evening I played Cards Against Humanity. I played Splendor. And I played Galaxy Trucker. And all of them were very fun. Okay, so first of all, Cards Against Humanity, not a board game, a card game. Uh, so Second, the, it's the, pronounced, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Like rebuttal. Colloquially now, board games can include things like card games. No, nope. at least that—that that is how I have always used the term. That's like saying so, Hearthstone is a video game and not a card game. So if I'm going to play a game like Dominion along with some other games, 
I'm going to tell people that we're playing board games. Even though Dominion is a card game, is a deck building game, has no board, I'm still going to call it a board game. Because to your average person that is not into the hobby as deeply as I am, they're not going to know the difference. I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm having a deck building game night. Because that just sounds stupid. Okay, second of all, it's pronounced Splenda. And sugar is more healthy than Splenda. Um, you could have Stevia, that's natural. But it's pronounced Splenda. Also not a board game. It is a packet that you put in your coffee. My New Year's was really good. It was actually really great. You went to a pajama party, didn't you? I did. I went to a pajama party at headquarters, which is the beercade, barcade, three blocks north of my apartment. You went to headquarters when you came into town for, for Blake's bachelor party, right? So it was only three blocks away? Oh, yeah. So that's like the perfect, like that's like the perfect place for you, right? Yeah. It's, it's got free pinball machines and arcade games, and you can stumble there. I went in my... In my yeah. <laughs> do you know what I wore for my pajamas? My girlfriend and I found this... Rec- Was it a nightgown? Because I hope so, because those are elegant. <laughs> and I want, I want my ladies to wear elegant pajamas to a pajama party. So I'm not your lady. I want I- my ladies elegant at a pajama do you? party. All right, I well, um, no one looked elegant. Ac- actually... One of our friends didn't want to go because he thinks pajamas are incredibly unattractive on women, and he didn't think that any girls would be attractive in their pajamas. He was partially right. No one really? looks good in a in a onesie. Like a onesie is one of the least sexy things you can wear. I mean, I I can get behind that. I suppose if you you know want that infantile look going on, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. No. No. But I mean, form fitting. And things like that. A onesie just makes you look frumpy and bad, yeah. generally. There were, there was there were there was one attractive girl in a onesie and it was kind of a spandexy onesie with frozen. It was a frozen onesie and it was actually probably uh for her daughter. She probably just took her daughter's onesie and put it on. I don't know, man, but she was the only remotely like good looking in a onesie girl because there was a onesie contest. I didn't enter because my girlfriend made the excellent point that if you wear a onesie all night, you will be incredibly hot. Think about that. Yeah, and you really have no recourse, right? Like, there's no way to fix that. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I mean, you could unzip it and pull it down, but you got to have something on under it. And then you're still wearing basically... And then you've done the pajama party wrong if you're wearing something under it. Exactly. So, you know... um, uh, but, yeah, it was fun. It was a headquarters, and, and that was that was a good time. Uh, I did want to mention the pajamas that I got. My girlfriend found this resale shop, and I'll hold this up for camera for our for our YouTube listeners. So if you're listening on YouTube or watching or whatever, then you may uh, divert your eyes towards the camera, which We're is about all to, incredibly interesting. Which is about to break. No, 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 but there's a point to this. So it's it's really fine, really fine stripes. Incredibly fine stripes on these this old pair of pajamas that barely fits me. Makes me look like I'm 12 because my girlfriend got it at this resale shop. Here's the reason she got it. And I just need to unfold it to show you this. The logo, here it is. I'm going to show you this. I don't know if you know this logo or not. Look at the logo on the onesie. Do you know what that is? Contra? American Airlines. She got me American Airlines pajamas. 
What? I didn't even know they made them. Exactly. I nobody really knew exactly. they made them. Exactly. Who knew they made them? Who would know? Who could possibly know that they made American Airline pajamas? So I wore those. She thought I was adorable. I got brownie points. Everybody won. Um, and, and one final thing before we talk about, about video games. Um, just by mentioning Splenda a minute ago, I suddenly really, really... And I meant to do this before the podcast. I really wish I had a cup of coffee right now. A cup of decaf coffee. I started with my girlfriend last week. Well, I've seen most of the series before, but she's never watched it. But last week we started watching Twin Peaks, which you love yep. that show. Oh, that show was fantastic. Right. God, that show's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Dude, You, I can't watch the show unless I'm eating or have just eaten. Because in every episode, Agent Cooper has coffee and usually at least donuts or pie or both. It's usually a damn good cup of coffee. It's too. usually a damn good cup of coffee. Like... Um, we were watching it Friday or Saturday, and it was 11.30 or midnight at night, and I made a half pot of decaf coffee while we were watching Twin Peaks. I, I just paused it, and I was like, I, I can't I can't not be drinking coffee. And you know what? The coffee tasted better than it has ever tasted in the morning. It was a damn fine cup of coffee. It was, And I think it's because I was watching Twin Peaks. So... Um, now I'm going to spend the rest of the episode wishing I had a cup of decaf coffee because we're recording this in the evening, of course. But um, that show is phenomenal. And uh, I hope you've had time to watch TV or something. Oh, uh, no. We can all just sit here and wait while you go make a pot of coffee. Oh, is that what no, we really? can do? Yeah, go ahead. We can all wait. No, because if I leave, you'll just do the rest of the podcast yourself. I'll come back I and know. you'll be done. And that is going to make for a better podcast. I mean, it's proven. Is it now? All right, cool. It is. Well, um, listener, thanks for reporting for, for – I hope you were entertained by learning a little bit about us and hopefully you'll get to know us more and more over the next several years, decades perhaps of this podcast, Game Life Balance US. Who knows? Let's shoot for 128 episodes. Yeah. Outdo mm-hmm. ourselves by one. Cool. I like it. All right. So that brings us to the 2015 video game year in review, which as I mentioned, I only played 12 games and you played 15. In yep, the- and, and once again, as Cody mentioned, our game of the year lists do not mean that the games came out this year. Yeah, it we just played we, it this year. It means that we played them this year. Right. So just keep that in mind. Like, you're going to, if you didn't know that, you would be very confused. Right. So have you said to me earlier, in the last two years, we each had a top five. It's personal we top five. We don't we don't often play the same game at the same time or even sometimes ever. So we have traditionally done top fives. And earlier today, you said, let's do a top three. Why? Because I thought I would have a hard time. Like, my my list is is 15 games long. I mean, it just, it, it seems like the top five basically includes, it includes a third of the list. I mean, at that point, there's something not special about some of the games, in my opinion, on that list. And for you, five games would, you know, be almost half of your list. Which, I, I mean, like, that seems a little ridiculous to me. So, so I, I thought that, I thought three was probably a a better number. I think it would be more, I don't know, representative of, like, the the actual really good stuff that we played. Because when I looked at my list after we decided to go down to three, I actually had a very tough time. Like, I've got some honorable mentions that I want to say before I start. Um, How many honorable mentions? Two. Then why didn't you two make that, it a top five? Because then they then they just make the list, and then it's not that special. to make. It's, oh. it's not that special to make the list. 
Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I have one honorable mention. And is it Hearthstone? It's no. Why would it be no? What is wrong with you? You're the because worst. You, you love Hearthstone. I hate it's that like your game. game. That game is awful. You still play it, don't you? Yeah. I know you do. I hate it. I hate it so much. I know you do. So why don't you start with an honorable mention, and then I'll do my honorable mention, then you can do your other honorable mention. So if I if I had to pick the game that I honestly put the most hours in this year, if that if that was what made a game good, Final Fantasy fourteen would be my top game of the year. Wait, really? Yeah, because I played so I played that game on the PlayStation three, and I played a ton of it. I played a ton of it when I because you get a free month subscription and I played a ton of it in that free month because I wanted to get as much out of it see as much of the game as I could and then it went on sale for like four dollars or five dollars on Steam and I bought it on Steam because one of the things I decided at the very end of playing that game on the PS4 was that I do not like playing MMOs Um, for those of you that that don't play a lot of video games MMO stands for massively multiplayer online um it was it was a genre that was basically coined by World of Warcraft. Games came before it, but World of, World of Warcraft legitimized the genre. And it basically means a game where it's a persistent world. You log in and log out, but the world is always going. And you interact with lots of other people in the world. Um, anyway, Final Fantasy XIV was an MMO. And um, it has a subscription service. So you have to pay 15 bucks a month to play it. Well... You get one month for free when you buy it. So I got that free month on PS4. Then I bought it on the on the PC. Started a new character. Wanted to play with mouse and keyboard because I find that's better to play MMOs with. Um, and I played it a ton again for that month. I probably put 80 to 90 hours in it on the PC in like a month. Um, staying up like way too late most nights. That was when I found the time to do that. So I was tired for that month. Um, but yeah, I just played the hell out of that game. So... Unfortunately, it didn't make my top three. Wow. But it's really good. I mean, it's it's really good if you have, like most MMOs, you have to be willing to commit an incredible amount of time to get everything out of the game that the game has to offer. And I just didn't have that time. Cool. Well, that's interesting. I did not uh, expect that. Because you, you reviewed it on Unqualified Gamers, and then... You said after a couple weeks, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I played it for a month. I canceled my subscription. And then a month later, I'm on Steam, and I see you playing it. And I was like, what are I you know. doing? I know. I had this, like, ridiculous urge to play it again. And then I bought it. I was like, man, this game is, this game is like, really good. And then I, I got further than I had in the, in the month I played on the PS4. And then I just started to get kind of burned out because I didn't, I didn't want... The problem is, is, like, I feel like with a game like Final Fantasy XIV or World of Warcraft, unless it's the only game you play... Like, you're not going to advance in the game, is kind of how it feels to me. So, I just didn't want to commit that much to it. That's fair. Well, congratulations. You want to know what my honorable mention is? Hearthstone. (sighs) It's not Hearthstone. Diablo 3. No. It's Hyrule Warriors. And Mm -hmm. the only reason it's an honorable mention is because I... It's not even really eligible because I I think it was on my 2014 list. I know I started playing it in 2014, but I didn't really get really into it until 2015. Like, I played it a lot. You didn't truly start wasting your time until 2015. Yeah, no, I mean, 
January and February and a lot of March, I really played a huge amount of time. So I guess I'm also putting it in the category of one of the games I played the most. This will be the second most that I played. But I just wanted to give Hyrule Warriors a shout-out because as of the time I reviewed it initially on our podcast, I, I wasn't as into it. And then it really grew on both you and me as time went on. And You know how Hearthstone is a game that you hate that you played a lot of? Yeah. Hyrule Warriors is that game for me. Like, I, oh, okay. I played so much of it, and I just I look back on it, and I'm like, man, it is still not a good game. It is still not a good game. But <laughs> my God, did I put, I put a lot of hours into it. Something's this wrong from, with This you. from the man who also hates Hearthstone and puts a lot of time into that. Yeah, that's fine. And since you did two honorable mentions, I do want to put one other honorable mention and cheat. And I, it's it's a game called Elbow Room. I played it at uh, Bitbash Chicago, which is an independent video games festival. And Elbow Room is a game where you there's one keyboard or two keyboards or whatever, and you pick one key and you put your finger on it. And everyone puts their finger on one key. And on the screen, there's a colored wheel. And it's got all the keys on it. So if your key is Z, then there's it's a colored wheel like a clock, right? And there's one hand that goes around it. When the hand goes around and hits Z, you tap it. It sounds really simple, but if you double tap it, it reverses. And so you kind of like knock the needle back and forth. And if you miss it, if you get two or three strikes, then you're out of the game. And the reason Elbow Room is so fun is because I played it at Bitbash. And so literally... 20 to 30 people will be playing a game and people are maneuvering themselves in creative ways around the keyboard to get their finger on a key. I actually hunched underneath the table and reached my arm above the, to the keyboard to hit the key for this game. And it's the simplest game. Anyone can play it. You literally press one button just when you see it on the screen. And it's so fun. And I, I honestly played it for probably at least an hour at this at this game festival and it's just the coolest thing so elbow room it's available i believe on steam i can't tell you much more about it but that deserves an honorable mention because i didn't even know if i own the game you have to have a party to really enjoy it but but god it was a fun party game and it was actually the most fun i had at bitbash which is really saying something considering the games that were there so there's my other honorable mention now it is your turn my other honorable mention then before the top three is dying light which is a zombie game that came out in January that should not have been good and was fantastic. And it, it proved something um, that not many games have done before, which is first-person melee combat and first-person parkour movement, uh, which was really cool. And it was done super well. It felt really good when you were jumping around the city. Um, so I think it's set, it's set in Haram, um, which is in the Middle East. And so it's very, everything is very dusty. Um, and the, the city is very, I don't know, it's very, well, it's gone through the apocalypse, basically. So it's basically destroyed. But um, it has some very large buildings. And moving around and the story with the survivors that were left and the different sects of people um, that had kind of, partitioned themselves off in different areas of the city um, and running errands for them and things like it was, it was just, it was a very surprisingly good game because I was kind of over zombies right before yeah. I played it. Dying but, light. Yeah. I remember you yeah. reviewing that. 
Yeah, it was actually just on sale on Steam, and I picked it up on Steam because I sold my PS4 copy. Uh, and so now I have it on Steam, and it's going to be a game that I play in the near future. Also, I have a new PC downstairs, and so the I'll be able to have... Uh, it's going to look real good. You so. did. You built your monster. You built a PC for the first time. I did. I built it from scratch. That was something that I did uh, like three or four weeks ago. Also over our break. It was super fun. I, You know, I just, I could never. You could. No, you could. I felt the same way. And then you buy all the parts. And, and just after you mount the motherboard, it's like, oh, like this is actually really easy. You literally just plug everything into the spot it tells you to plug it into. But it's, it's mounting the motherboard and making sure I have the right fans and the right cooling systems. And you making... know those are in the case, right? Yeah, but I, f- I don't know how big your the fans f- have to be. And the power no, supply? They, they, no, I'm saying the fans come with the case when you buy the case. Okay, then power they're, supply? They're pre-mounted. So there's a great site you can go to called PC Part Picker, and it will walk you through everything you need to buy to make a PC. Is that what and you used? Is, it is wonderful. Yeah, it's absolutely what I used. And it was awesome. Um, and I uploaded my build to Reddit because it has a, it has a direct uh, way that you, can, that you can upload that build. And so I got feedback that way. I mean, it was very... It was cool. I was about to mention, did you use the PC building subreddit? I did. Okay, because I've seen that before and I look and I'm immediately intimidated. So, yeah. And all I can tell you is if you ever want to build a PC, go to PC Part Picker and... The, you could just read the FAQ, like the basic FAQ, and read the um, like the getting started, and that's that's really all you have to do. Awesome. Well, and it'll it'll walk you through from there. It was sweet. So anyway, I've got a brand new PC downstairs, and so Dying Light's going to look awesome. I bet. Can't imagine. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh, I guess this brings us to our top three games of the year: <laughs> graphic, fancy graphic, title, title card. <laughs> Jonathan. What was your number three game oh, of the I year? Was, you just stole you stole all of my number three thunder. I was going to announce it uh, as number three. Do you so number th- one? No, me no, to do did. my I, number because th- I could do mine and then you could reannounce it. No, mine's more important. Um, I played I played the Swapper. I knew you were going to say the Swapper. Oh, it's gonna it had to make the list because it it uh, it's it's a puzzle platforming game in a sci-fi set in a sci-fi world and the whole gist of the game is you can make clones of yourself um and you need to move them on different areas of each of these of each individual screen each individual you know screen that you're on is a puzzle and you need to make copies of yourself and move them around um certain color lights will dissolve your copies and some of the puzzles were so clever and just so well done and the game did what portal did for me and that when I finished solving a puzzle, I felt super smart. I felt like I was like the smartest person in the world. Um, which is like, that is a hard thing to do as a puzzle game, right? Um, I think that's why Braid did so well when Braid was was so popular. Was because it felt the same way. Like when you solved the puzzle in Braid, you felt like you felt like you actually solved something. So yeah, the swapper was so good. It's cheap. I mean, you could find it on Steam. It is definitely not that expensive. Would highly recommend checking it out. It's not that long either. It won't take you a lot of time. And it's just a really cool mechanic. And for me, too, like the sci-fi, the sci-fi atmosphere, it had kind of an alien vibe to it where it was, it was like a, a game of 
kind of almost complete isolation. Um, like a Super Metroid or a Risk of Rain kind of aesthetic? Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. And that and that is the type of sci-fi that I really like, that I'm one of the types of sci-fi that I'm very uh, kind of attracted to. So it was really good. It's really good. Yeah, I remember. It's on my wish list on Steam. And uh, that's cool. Cool. So the Swapper, platformer. Well, it's a puzzle pl- platformer. It's a puzzle platformer. Like, you're not going to, like... You're not going to have, like, moving platforms that you need to jump over or you're going to fall into a pit and die. Like, it's sure. not that... Yeah, it's a it's a puzzle game. Okay. And, yeah, and speaking of Risk of Rain, both of on both of our lists of top game of 2013, and we played some of that over break, and I loved it. I love that game still. It's so good. It's so good multiplayer. And, and both of so us, good. with our new PCs, have lost all our save data, so we have to re-unlock everything, and I'm still... I don't care. Yeah, I agree. It's really good. So but there's an enjoyable multiplayer game as well if you have Steam and you know how to forward ports. Check out the original podcast for more. <clears throat> well, cool. You want to know what my number three game is? Is it Hearthstone? I, Hearthstone is not on my list of games I like, let alone... It's going to be number one, isn't it's it? It's not going to be number one or two or 12 because it's only three games. Uh, no, this one's probably going to surprise you, actually. Oh, God, it's such a tie. <gasps> Wait. Yep. I was I was totally ready to be surprised, and then you didn't say it. Yeah, no, I didn't. I really didn't. It is Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Really? Yeah, this is not Final Fantasy Airborne Brigade, mind you, which was a joke of a mobile game, or Final Fantasy All the Bravest, which ruined mobile games forever, basically. But no, Final Fantasy Record Keeper. I really, really dug that game. And it the, was... The auto battle simulator? It was not auto battle. What are you talking about? Maybe I just played it wrong. You played it wrong. Yes, you can auto battle through a lot of parts, but that's every RPG. That's every Final Fantasy game. How many times did you or I play Final Fantasy 3 or uh, 4 or 6 and just hold the A button down so that you guys are just attacking every battle? That happened a okay. lot, to be okay, fair. Tell, sell me then it's, on record. I don't need, I'm not going to sell you on it. Honestly, it, and the thing is, like, I don't really play it anymore because... On mobile devices, because now when I'm commuting, I'm either reading a book or I'm playing Hearthstone, which is a game that I hate. But, and my phone honestly was really slow for Final Fantasy Record Keeper, but it plays like a traditional old school Super Nintendo Final Fantasy game. You have a party of five characters that you're able to put equipment and items and spells on and customize and upgrade those with a upgrade system that's within the game. I found the microtransactions to be minimal. You insisted that you reached a point early in the game where you found that they were necessary. I did not have that experience. I not only continued playing the game for a while, but then went back to the game a couple times. I got a notification months ago, like six months ago, that there was some giveaway, and if I, all I had to do was log in to enter some Final Fantasy swag or something. So I logged in and played a few battles, and it was fine. And I got the same thing this week. And I installed it on my iPhone. So, listener, I am an Android user. I have an HTC One M8. That is my current phone. It is getting old. It is on its last legs. But I also have a work-issued phone, and I have an iPhone 6S issued by my job so that I can check my work email because my Android's not compatible with my work email. So I installed Final Fantasy Record Keeper on my iPhone so I have something to play, like I'm from the bathroom or something, or I'm just sitting around between emails or whatever. And 
since I installed Final Fantasy Record Keeper on the iPhone and transferred my accounts over, it runs much faster. It's much faster than my two-ish year old phone that has just gone through hell basically and it's really smooth it loads more smoothly things pop up faster the music is phenomenal because it's all original final fantasy music which is all objectively good and it's just a fun mobile game it it was before hearthstone my favorite mobile game i had played and the closest thing to an actual game and not just tap this tap this and whatever like it wasn't gimmicky it played like a console super nintendo era final fantasy game and i liked that and i I think that even though i don't play it much anymore i can still go back to it from time to time and it still is fun they're always adding features and working on it and i just think that it's probably better than most of the other games i played this year so Final Fantasy Record Keeper is my number three. Look, I mean, you're like one of the cool things about what you like is like you're entitled to uh, to like whatever you like, right? So you're not wrong in the things that you like, except when like you're objectively wrong, right? So like now, yeah, good one, Chief. <laughs> what is your number two? It's Final Fantasy Record Keeper. <laughs> so I hate you I... so much. I hate you with so much of my being. It is it is shocking. Wait, let me guess. Can I guess? Can I guess your number two game? Of, of course you can. I'm gonna say Dying Light. We just we just talked. It's a runner up. When did we talk about that? It's just we. It's like it was like three. It was. It may have been four. Okay, minutes the ago. Swapper. So uh, my number two game. No, I'm guessing is, it's actually. I'm guessing Until Dawn. It is Until Dawn. Is it really? So, it really is. Boom! So, headshot. And, and not only not only is it so. Until Dawn came out of. I think. I think why I liked Until Dawn so much is because it came out of absolutely nowhere. So it was this. I didn't even know about this game. And then I listen to um, a lot of video game podcasts, like when I drive or when I'm, you know, washing dishes or whatever. And. Uh, I hadn't heard about this game ever, and then it came out, and then like all of the video game podcasts were talking about it, and like it appeared on a couple of websites, um, and I was like, "Wow, this is kind of right up my alley." Because what it is is it's a it's a choose your own adventure horror movie is basically what it is. So it's a PlayStation Four exclusive game; you can only get it there, and that is it is uh, it is quite literally a horror movie. Like based on all of your classic '80s and '90s horror movie tropes, all the if you're a horror fan, like it is, you will recognize all of the tropes that this game has in it, and it it it's like a seven-ish hour game that goes through all of these tropes, and you get to choose different things that happen throughout the course of the game, and that makes the playthrough of the game different each, I suppose, each time you play it. More importantly, different for each person that plays it. So like. If if I played it and then you played it, we could have like a water cooler talk about how different our game was when we when we talked about it. Um, and I played it in a way that I think if you can, you should totally do it this way. I had a couple of friends over. We played it straight from start to finish about a week before Halloween, um, and we we basically just did controller trade off. So the game is divided into chapters. We basically played each played a chapter and kept passing the controller back and forth. And it was excellent. It was really excellent. It's got all these great jump scares in it. Um, and it, it's it got some genuinely funny, like 
funny horror moments in it. And it's just self-aware enough that it works. So it's it it knows that it's campy. And it doesn't like over exploit that. It doesn't go it doesn't it doesn't go so far in that direction. Like something like I don't know. I guess scary movie would be satire. But it it it's it's campy and it knows that it's campy, but it doesn't lean into that too much. It still keeps a lot of the classic horror tropes. There are some genuinely scary moments in it. Um like Cabin in the Woods, maybe? Yeah, that's a great example. It's it's that's actually a fantastic parallel to a movie. It is a lot like Cabin in the Woods. So, um except you get to choose your own adventure when you're doing it, when you're watching it. Yeah, it's cool. You made it sound really interesting. I think that might be a Halloween purchase for me. The best thing about it too is it is it is a game that you can get people together for. They don't even have to play it. They can just watch it and it is just as enjoyable. I had just as much fun watching other people play it and watching the story unfold as I did on the chapters that I got to play. Those are good. And yeah, I, I like games that you can watch socially because like if you have a bunch of friends over and watch a movie, no one talks. But if you have a bunch of people over and, wa- and watch a game or play a game, there's there's always interaction with the the watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it, it's I would say it's even better if you've got some friends that enjoy horror horror as a genre of movie. Um, I like, I don't know. And I talked about this in the podcast when we talked about it. I don't really know if you'd get a lot out of this game. If you didn't like horror movies, uh, because there's kind of nothing else there. I mean, that's what it is. So it's definitely not for everybody, but man, it, for me, it was, it was excellent. And it's, it's, it was all, it's all motion captured. Um, which what that means is they basically put sensors on the on the actor when they're acting it out and then they digitally paint them basically um you get a digital image of of the actor every time that they're doing something so it gives you kind of an image with a higher fidelity um in in like the video portion of it so the people look arguably more real if it's done well um than they than they do using 3D art so uh the game looks incredible it looks incredible, um, which really adds to it. It really adds to the feeling that you're like playing a horror movie. Awesome. <clears throat> well, I'm glad I guessed it, which I knew I would. Yeah. Can I guess your number two? Or did you tell me your number two? No, I didn't tell you my number two. Is it Hearthstone? It's it's Heroes of Warcraft. I tell if you're just trolling me. I don't even know what that is. I'm trolling you. That's the subtitle of Hearthstone. It's Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft, which is not on my list, idiot. <laughs> I hate you so much. You, you sure know a lot about that game that you don't like that much. All right, my number two is going to be weird for some people. It's not even a game. It's the Civilization Four. No, I'm wrong. Let's back up. Reset. Here we go. Do you even know what you played? No. Civilization Five Civ Addictions Multiplayer Mod Pack. So it's not... Oh, the the classic release from March. The classic release. Is it from March? I have no idea. I have no idea either. It's kind of a mouthful, though. Yeah, it's Civ Addiction's multiplayer mod pack. So, you've played Civilization Five. I have. It's an excellent man. That game is really. Yeah, good. John and I love Civilization Five. I it's love Civilization Five. I have a hundred. No, I have over two hundred hours on record on Steam for playing the game. I think it's two hundred thirty-ish hours of game. Yeah, time. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Because one because one game you can easily lose four to five hours in a city and oh god yeah without, yeah. Even, without um, even realizing it so 
Have, have, are you as into it? Like, I mean, do you have 500 hours, 300 hours or whatever, or just... No, it hasn't been that many, but I definitely have played quite a bit of it. Okay, so Sid Meier's Civilization V is... Civil, the Civilization series is a series that's notorious for taking a very, very long time to play. Uh, one game... Basically, it's the most complicated board game on the planet. So complicated that there has to be a computer interface, and you play against artificial intelligence. And there's also a multiplayer option and our friend will I would I would argue that it's not necessarily the most complicated board game. I would argue that it achieves a level of granularity that can only be done with a computer. Okay. Because like the concepts are simple, but you like you're not gonna break down numbers in like a board game you play with other people on a table. You're not gonna break down numbers into into decimal places, which Civ will do. Okay, so it's a deck building game. So it's a deck building game as we've discussed, that it's not a deck building game. It's a 4X game. It doesn't matter. You you play as a civilization. You're God, basically. You move people around, and you build cities, and you wage war, and you forge alliances, and you develop culture and things like that. And it's extremely multifaceted and very, very complicated, and you guide your civilization from 4000 BC to 2050 AD, is I believe when the game ends, and turns begin at 50 years per turn, and then they slowly decrease until it's Every turn is one year individually, so it kind of arcs. Anyway, it's really, really fun. I play it all the time. Our friend Will plays all the time. So I found this. this so, you, so on Steam, or any PC gamer will play with mods where things are modified from the original code to add something to a game. Like maybe you're playing a medieval sword fighting game and someone added a mod where you play with lightsabers. That's what a mod is. And someone modded Civilization V to alter a ton of its features. They added all these new resources and changed the war system and affected some of the artificial intelligence for it and um, uh, added additional units that let you do different things and new victory conditions and all these things. And I found a mod pack called Civ Addictions Multiplayer Mod Pack, and it, it, it packages in several mod packs, basically, several different mods into one to create this cohesive experience. The reason it's important to get it as a pack is because it also works out all the bugs. I guess Civ Addiction worked out any discrepancies because sometimes mods will, if they alter the game's code and you have two that alter the same code, then it'll cause problems and, and compatibility issues. But the mod I pack, think that is the way that coding works. Yeah. So the mod pack rolls a bunch of them into uh, one, and I played it with Will, and we played... Hours and hours and hours of it. And it was really, really great. I encourage you to go download it and find it. And there's more information on the podcast I did about it. But if you search Civ Addiction, all one word, Civ Addiction's multiplayer mod pack, it was really fun. And um, now Will and I are playing Beyond Earth, Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth, which is basically civilization in space in the future, Rising Tide. We got the expansion. Can we... Let's take a let's take a quick aside here and talk about what kind of a bummer Beyond Earth was. You didn't like when it. it released. No, no, no. I I actually did like it, but it there was so much that they had stripped out of Civilization. So Beyond Earth, as Cody just said, is basically the sci-fi version of Civilization Five that released this year, um, and they stripped so much out of it. It could have been so much better, <laughs> but they stripped they stripped a ton out of it. Yeah, um, it was it wasn't yeah. Is, is and well the, received. And the, is... the other big bummer about it is that they didn't lean at all into the fact that it was a sci-fi game. The fact that it was like a space exploration game. 
ultimately you end up you end up landing on a planet and then it just basically turns into a civilization game rather than having some sort of space exploration aspect or um you know what i mean like yeah it's just... they're they incorporate obviously there's aliens and victory conditions are different and uh, i mean the game thematically is space but you don't there's no extra dimension such as space travel or exploration right. is what you're but i got the rising tide expansion and that does improve things substantially so i've been really happy with it so far i played a little bit of it and um that's been enjoyable and uh, I'll what, probably... what is that what does it add again sorry listener we're we're taking a little a little uh tangent here but i'm interested so yeah and I'll, what does it add? I'll talk about it more in future podcasts because the thing about the thing about so civilization in the civilization series there's a pretty clear you develop technologies and it's pretty obvious what the technologies do i.e. you know that a musketman is more powerful than a swordsman. You know that a tank is more powerful than a musketman. In Beyond Earth and things like that, you know that you have to research pottery before you can research chivalry, things like that. In Beyond Earth, everything is space-themed. So you have this web of technologies, and you go from genetics to alien engineering to mutant gene splicing and things like that and there's no it's all in the future and it's all sci-fi so there's no clear obvious oh this comes after this same with units you don't know you don't know what a water a sea kraken is that stronger than your cavalier ship like everything's very arbitrary so it's hard to wrap your head around the nomenclature of the game I haven't played the game in months, so I picked up Rising Tide last week and started playing it. So I had to pick up the nomenclature again, relearn all these things, try to adapt to it, and I've got all this stuff from the expansion. So what does it add? Long story short, I don't know exactly. It adds a lot of water units. You can now build bases in the water, and then as a construction project, instead of building a building, you can move your base, and that's how you accumulate new territory. So you move your city around, and that's how you accumulate territory. It doesn't expand by based on culture borders, which is interesting. I always hate having a city where I'm not producing something proactively, so I don't know. But the diplomacy is overhauled. It's much better. There is a whole new facet to diplomacy that lets you essentially pick a personality trait, and that gives you various bonuses. That's, that's really cool. Kind of like the uh, the culture bonuses, but a little different ideologies basically but a little different and they're immediately available so i am now speaking a foreign language to most of our listeners but Mm -hmm. it does add things it changes some of the dynamics of your interaction with other players and it changes some victory conditions so it's not as like because before it was basically just you just can win by having science or killing everyone and this is this has improved upon that a bit so i don't know we like it so far will really likes it and he's a civ he's really into civ so I'll be talking about it more on a later podcast. But um, but I'm back in the civilization sphere, and then looking back at my games from earlier this year, I'm like, you know what? I played the multiplayer mod pack so much, and it was so good. I'm giving it its own thing, even though it's not its own game. There's that. Good. And well, that was uh, a good lead up. That was a good lead up to to the you reviewing best Hearthstone game to the best game of the year. Are so you, you ready? had an announcery voice for game number three, but not for best game of the year. I actually have a drum roll. I actually have a drum roll going here. Oh, um, I hear that. That's yeah, nice. the drum roll's going. My number one game is Diablo 3. Really? No, it's not Diablo 3. I my... was going to punch you through the... F- yeah. Wait, yeah, no, let my... me guess. Your game of the year 
is World of Warcraft Warlords of Draenor. You don't. Okay, so back up here. Uh, <laughs> we went we went a, a while without recording a podcast about video games, um, but that didn't mean that in that time I stopped playing video games. So my number one game actually didn't appear on the original list that you had sent me. But my number one game of this year, and I can tell you that nobody is more surprised than me, is Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Really? So, really. So it's a game that came out in November, and trust me, like, again, nobody's more surprised than me. Came out in the middle of November, and I bought all my computer components um, throughout most of November into early December. One of the computer components that I bought was a graphics card. I bought a 970 GTX. Yep. Bought, yeah. Um, And with my graphics card came a free game. And I had my choice between Assassin's Creed Syndicate or like some racing game that I would have never played. Oh, God, racing games. Now, Now, I have played Assassin's Creed's in the past and loved them. I... The first one, I wasn't a super big fan of. I loved Assassin's Creed 2. I loved Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um, and then I liked uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations, which was Assassin's Creed 2 Part 3. And then Assassin's Creed 3 came out, and it was really bad. Like, it was really bad. Um, and I didn't... It was the first Assassin's Creed that I had played that I did not complete. Um, I just put it down, and I kind of walked away from the series. Um another game had come out and then four came out and I didn't play any of those. And then unity came out last year and I didn't play that either. And I heard that that was like really bad, like one of the worst they had ever made. And so it kind of felt like Assassin's Creed was over. It kind of felt like it was done. And so I got this free code for a game and I didn't want the racing game and I couldn't figure out if there was something, a way to like sell this code or whatever. And I, I just figured, you know, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game in a while I kind of miss them. Like I like I like that style of gameplay. So I'm gonna just I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna download this, and that's gonna be the thing that I play. Uh, and so I started playing it, and it is phenomenal. So it's set in London, and it is by far the best city that they have ever made, at least in my opinion. Really, London. It looks incredible. It looks incredible. So it's set in London in the late 1800s. Um, and it's just, it's, it's super dirty. The the plot behind it is that there's there's a Templar who has, it's the same plot as it always is. There's a Templar who's gotten into a high government office who has basically taken over the city. And then you are a member of the Assassins um, and you are tasked with taking the city back from the Templars. Um, and so that's the basic premise of the game. But you play as twins and you jump back and forth between the two of them. They play slightly differently. They have different, um, very different personalities in the cutscenes and in the story, just the story missions in general. They're charming. Um, they're written well, and they're funny. Uh, and they've had a, they've they've done a lot of like quality of life improvements to the gameplay. There were some things with Assassin's Creed games that were always kind of crappy. Um, I'll give you an example. One of the things you do in the game is you, you do something called free running, where you hold the right trigger down and you move forward. And as long as you're holding the right trigger down, you basically would move over any obstacles that your character could like climb over or slide under or whatever. Yeah. One of the things that would happen, though, is you would 
run and if if your character didn't have something to jump onto and you were like on a high building your character would just jump off the top of the building and die it happened and it happened all the time really because because you would think as the player that you were lining up your jump correctly the game wouldn't interpret whatever you were doing as the correct lining up of that jump and you just jump off and die now you have to hold a different button combination to go down compared to going up so there's no way to jump off intentionally ah cool or, or i'm sorry accidentally like that it's like you have to intentionally go down um which is super huge for quality of life second they also they put a lot more like they tried to be really cute in assassin's creed games before with with having this building that you had to scale in a very like if you needed to scale a building sometimes they would have a very specific way you'd have to scale it you'd have to kind of look around for like a ledge that you could see and then jump up to there they've kind of done away with that now they've got ledges everywhere all over all sorts of buildings and you even get a grappling hook that allows you to basically shoot up to the highest point on any building that you want to instantly it is amazing it is amazing it makes traversing the world so much fun so much easier um and like i said the game like there's the number of activities to do in the game too and they're all very like they're very fun um none of them seem tedious there's so many and so i've just been doing a wide variety of stuff that's really fun and it's it's been really good it's like an incredibly good game the biggest thing though is just walking around london walking and running around london is incredible it is incredible it is beautiful. You should look at screenshots of that game because it is absolutely beautiful. No, I believe you. The game, my top game of the year is also very beautiful. So Is it Hearthstone? It's not that. But I'm just saying, I, yeah, once you have a nice graphics card like the ones that we have now, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so that I like... Assassin's Creed is back, I guess, is the more the most important. It's super interesting. They didn't ha- There's no multiplayer in this game, which like the past... The past like three Assassin's Creed games have all included a multiplayer aspect. The well, fact that they didn't include a multiplayer in this makes me feel like they were trying to refocus it. Yeah, because what the, made it good in the first? Yeah, place. wasn't the multiplayer kind of thrown together? Is what I heard. I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't great. And obviously, they had put resources into it because resources have to be put into something like that to make it happen. So. It, yeah, the, it wasn't that great. And so uh, uh, I think they may have refocused the series. That may be what they were trying to do. And I think it really worked. It's the first one in quite a while that hasn't had multiplayer in it. And it's really good. Well, good for Ubisoft. That is how you pronounce that. That was very good. Thank you. That was very cool. Good. good for you. Well, that's. I think this is kind of funny and appropriate that... Are you French? Yes. The Your Game of the Year is from a series that I have never played. And my game of the year is from a series that you have never played. Hearthstone? So my game of the year, and anyone who has heard any of the Unqualified Gamers podcast will immediately know this, but my game of the year is Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Big it, surprise. It's so good. It's so good. I have played it for around 160 hours in the last three months and change. It's, I just keep playing it. It's, have you and finished I'm, it? I've beaten it i've i've finished it but i keep playing it i keep playing multiplayer i want to continue leveling up all my weapons i want to unlock more stuff i want to get a higher completion rate i have a 62 percent completion rate now and it's just so much fun it's such a fun game and it's kind of funny too because it's also an incomplete game it's an unfinished game it's a decidedly unfinished game 
Why do you say that? Because it's unfinished. Because... Like, why is it unfinished? Konami was like, hey, Hideo Kojima, director of the Metal Gear Solid series, you have spent 80-some million dollars on this game, the highest development budget basically ever, and you have a deadline now that you must release it. It took five, six, seven years development. Here's your actual deadline. You must actually release a game, and here you go. And he did. So are you saying you got to the ending and then, like, it ended and then you, it wasn't, like, you didn't feel, like, fulfilled with whatever happened? Is that A what couple you things are unresolved. A lot of reviewers have said the ending is abrupt, which I would agree with. And it kind of, it does it's not, it kind of comes out of nowhere because it's it's open world, which means that there's the main missions that you can kind of do whenever you want at your leisure and then lots of side missions and open exploration you can do you can kind of it's a sandbox you can kind of go wherever you want in the world um but unless you select a main mission from the menu you're not really doing the main mission unless you go there otherwise you're just kind of trancing about trouncing about prancing about whatever and is the right yeah word. sure let's do that and I was trouncing about doing some random side mission, and then I got a call on my radio, and I was dispatched to some other location, and I played a mission, and the game was over. And it... That seems unusual. It, it's a very good game. Like, don't get me wrong. In terms of gameplay yeah. and story and flow, in, it's, it's, it's not even that much of a detriment. I actually kind of, in a way, like its ab- abruptness because it is it's a very fluid game there were a couple instances near the end of the game where i would be just doing side missions and i'd get a radio call and all of a sudden some plague had there'd been some outbreak in my base that i had to go find a cure for or something had happened and main story elements were occurring throughout the game it wasn't just select a mission that's the mission that's the storyline that's it it was it, it kind of just came at you over time and I did like that a lot, actually. I actually, I actually really did like that. So it, it's it's got some pros and cons. There wasn't a feeling of okay, this is the final boss battle. Here's this big climax. And with the PlayStation Four Blu-ray Special Edition, there's a Blu-ray disc that has a 20-minute cutscene of the final mission, which was cut from the game, and it contains several uh, several see- like cutscenes with some voice acting and uh, concept art. Uh, from a 30% completed final mission where you would have this big climactic battle with this giant thing, basically, and kind of tie up some loose ends of the storyline. Because there are a few loose ends that get left out there, too, that you're kind of like, eh. But for the most part, everything does resolve really, really pretty cleanly, and everything is tied in a neat little bow. It's just, it, it almost leaves me wanting more, but it doesn't. It's, it's weird. I'm actually planning on spending an entire podcast talking about this and about the development and the incompleteness of the game with someone that's played the game. So not you, but at some point, like if you need to take a week off, I want to find somebody who's played all of Metal Gear Solid 5 and is familiar with the backstory with Kojima Productions and Konami and they're falling out and maybe some of the development. And You're already planning episodes without me. Yeah, when possible. All right, I'm going to start playing episodes without you, too. It's on. You have a baby and a wife? It's, it's on. So sometimes you're busy. I'm just going to record with Max. I don't know if you knew that. You should. My baby, my baby and Max. It I'm would probably get higher ratings than this. He's cuter than you. Anyway, Metal Gear Solid Five. there's a lot I can say about it, but, but 160 hours in three months speaks for itself in terms of how fun it is. Just utterly fun. And 
my girlfriend does some really funny impressions of the characters, which I like a lot. But that didn't sway my opinion. It still would have been my game of the year. And Metal Gear Solid is seriously one of the greatest video game series ever made, and you should play it if you haven't. So that's your games of the year. Maybe five will be the one where I finally play it. Maybe? Maybe. I mean, here's, here's really, like, fantastic. So It's, it's so good. And again, I just got to get through all these other games. That yeah, and five played. is the one that you don't have to have played all the other games. And five is the best gameplay wise, and it it also looks unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. It's the most beautiful game I've ever played. I didn't even realize it was possible to look that good. So you will not be disappointed. So to recap, my uh, top games were Hyrule Warriors, cheating honorable mention. Number three was Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Number two was the Civilization Five. Civ Addiction's multiplayer mod pack, and my number one game was Metal Gear Solid Five. Do you and then my my honorable mentions uh, were Final Fantasy fourteen and Dying Light, and then uh, number three was the Swapper, number two was Until Dawn, and then the number one game for me this year was Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So there you go, and you can probably put all of those on your Steam wish list, except Final Fantasy Record Keeper is free, and Hyrule Warriors just don't buy it. But you can put them you on your Hearthstone, right? Because you can get that for free. Hearthstone is also PC. free. And Final Fantasy and fourteen, you got on sale? I haven't seen it on sale once. It was definitely on sale. It was on sale for, I think it was, I think it was like $6 or something like that. All right. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to buy it on Steam because I do really want to play it. But I will wait until it goes on sale, as God I'm intended. Here. And yeah. And then I guess just to wrap up, another video game news, Awesome Games Done Quick is occurring this week. The semi-annual speedrunning marathon where you can go to twitch.tv and watch video game speedrunners sp- play games as quickly as possible to raise money for charity. This episode will be posted in time for t- for the remaining, like, four days, too. Yeah. Yeah, it'll still so, be going on when this is posted. Yep. And um, it's really great. It usually raises around a million dollars for charity. This mm-hmm. year, I think is is it medicine? It was it was Doctors Without Borders one time. It's the Prevent Cancer. It's Prevent Cancer Foundation. They yep. it's been the Prevent Cancer Foundation for the last couple marathons, and they're so good. The speed runs are really fun. You can hear John and I gush about them more in past episodes of our Unqualified Gamers podcast. But you can find that um, and all our other podcasts at uh, GameLifeBalance.us. Otherwise, you can find us. We're syndicated on WGM Plus and on the Gun and Geek Network. And you should check out our Australian Friends podcast, um, the Game Life Balance podcast, the original one, which I believe they're renaming to Game Life Balance Aus, A-U-S, or Oz. They pronounce it differently because they have accents, or we have accents, depending on how you look at it. That's very Amerocentric of you. That is very Amerocentric of me, so... Eurocentric? You have anything Amer- else? America Eurocentric? Do you want to say anything else productive or just hypotenuse? Okay. Well, thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you like this episode, and leave us a review if you really want to make our day, and that would really make our day, especially on iTunes, just because. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network, again, at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at wgnplus.com. You can learn more about Game Life Balance US, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. Thanks for joining us. This was a heck of a first episode. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I'm glad you could join us on this this show that's going to be a much more casually about video games, as you can tell uh, from the content matter of the first episode. As you can tell from us reviewing video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, like I said, we we literally made an episode of Unqualified Gamers. Next week, you're reviewing Hearthstone. Oh, that was very fun. It was good.